guys, what is good? This is Morgan Mueller coming at you with the Joy and Hope podcast, where we seek to bring light to the dark. We actually have each of these episodes begin as a YouTube video. So if you would like to watch the original content on YouTube, search my name, Morgan, M-O-R-G-A-N, Mueller, M-U-E-L-L-E-R, on YouTube, look for the Joy and Hope logo. But otherwise, thanks for being here. Enjoy the podcast. Morgan here and Dan bringing you another episode of joy and hope we're so cool <laughs> guys this is my friend Anne. hello and I am really really excited to bring her in for this episode today so thank you Anne, for being here um, in this lovely little library and space are you not just in love with this like this is just such a fun atmosphere and I think it's gonna be a really fun episode too today we're gonna talk about Waiting for the one. We're going to unpack that a little bit, and specifically from the perspective of women, from a girl's perspective. So before we get into all of that, um, let's go ahead and say a little prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Totus tuus Maria, ego sum. We are totally yours, Mary. It doesn't exactly translate the Latin there, but close enough. <laughs> She knows what we mean. Yeah. Mama Mary always knows what we mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Anne is not only one of my best friends in the whole wide world, she's also one of my patrons. <laughs> so, shameless plug. I am always seeking more patrons. So, if you are not currently a Joy and Hope patron, I do ask that you really take it to prayer. If you enjoy watching these videos, if you're frequently on this channel or listening to this podcast, because... It's hard, guys. I'm not going to lie to you. It's it's hard um, to, yeah, just live on the provisions of other people, and it's really tight sometimes. So this is me just being very honest and transparent with all of you and being like, I cannot do joy and hope without the help, the help of other people um, and the help of more people in addition. So thank you so much to the 34 patrons I already have. God bless you. Thank you for joining this journey. Um, and for those of you who are listening, who are watching, I ask you to prayerfully consider doing this as well. See the link in the description below of this video or just go to patreon.com slash Mueller or message me for more information on how to become a patron. But anyway, thank you all so much for being here and let's just dive right in. So yeah, we're going to be talking about waiting for the one. And first and foremost, the reason the one is in quotation marks in the description is because we realize as Catholics that the Lord gives us free will. So if we ever throw around the term soulmate, it's not that we mean we believe with all of our hearts that like the Lord has created one person for us and like the purpose of our, our young adulthood is to go find that person. That like my person might be in China, but somehow I have to like go find him or figure that out. Mm -hmm. Like the Lord gives us free will. Um, and so even though, yes, we believe that the Lord like in his infinite wisdom, knowledge, he knows who I'm going to marry one day and is preparing me for that person, is preparing that person for me. It's not like I'm so stressed because I have to figure that out. 
Like we're trusting that the Lord will lead us to that person in time, just like we have a lot of priests. So I met Anna at Benedictine. We have a lot of priests, brothers, monks um, at Benedictine College. And so in the same way that the Lord has led them to that vocation, um, like the Lord will lead spouses to each other as well. So that's what we mean by the one. Um, Is there anything that you thought of when I was saying that? Yeah, so that's basically where we're operating in that regard. Um, And yeah, so we're going to talk about like waiting for that person, no, that spouse, if you believe like the Lord is calling you to marriage and your desire is to be married um, as ours is. And then, yeah, specifically, since we are women, we're going to share um, what we believe that that means for women. And before we get into all of that, because it is going to be pretty great, but also pretty deep, um, we're just going to get to know Anne, like, just a little bit, because she's pretty cool. Okay, just kind of. <laughs> she's really cool, guys. She's really cool. Um, and we're just going to get to know probably the most important thing that we could ever know about Anne, and then we're going to move on. Anne, what is your favorite color? <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, my favorite color is parasailing green, and it's the color Why? of, 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 of <laughs> yeah. a pair of Converse that I owned at one point. Um, it's, it's like a blue-green color, and I told someone else once that that was my favorite color, and he was like, that's not a real color, they just made that up for the Converse, but I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. They were like, they were a really cute color. It's a real color because that's what color my Converse were. Absolutely. If Converse creates it, it's real. (laughs) Um, If Converse says it's real, it's real. So feel free to comment below with your favorite color of Converse. Or if you know what color Anne's talking about, help her out. And she can take all of your comments and show this guy that he was wrong. (laughs) Because it's really important to show guys that they're wrong. I'm just kidding. (laughs) This video... We also want to make the disclaimer from the very beginning. This video is not bashing guys at all or being like, oh, as girls, like, we know so much more than guys regarding relationships or anything like that. No, no, no. That's, yeah, that is not our intention. Um, My hope is that in the future, I'll be able to have a guy's perspective as well. Um, So look for that in the future for future videos. But yeah, so that's not a place that we're coming from. We, yeah, just feel called to talk on this topic. Um, so let's just, let's dive right in. So, okay. The other day when I was first proposing this idea to Anne, she made a really good point and was like, you know, we should probably start by talking about what it even means to be woman in regard to like this vocation of love. Um, so as Catholics, we believe like we've been created by love himself. So the Lord by love for the purpose of love, um, to receive that love of God, to give that love to other people. That is a universal call for every man and every woman. But specifically, um, it's like, what does that look like as a female? Because God from the very beginning, like in the book of Genesis, we read like created male and female. So he must have like done that for a reason. So it's like, okay, why did he create women? Um, so kudos to Anne for thinking that that would be a great place to start because she's absolutely right. Um, and when I was praying about that in the past couple of days, I was like, Lord, that feels like a really heavy topic to cover. <laughs> like, shoot, that's like not what I thought about talking, talking about in this video. Like, that seems a little extreme. 
what do I have to say about what it means to be a woman? And then I remembered, praise be to God, a few episodes ago, um, I shared a paper that I was blessed to be able to write in college, literally called Receiving the Love of God in a Feminine Spirit, A Call for All. Um, and in that paper, there are a lot of quotes specifically pulled from St. John Paul II and Christopher West regarding what it means to be woman. So if you're, if you're interested in watching that video or listening to that podcast, feel free to go check out that episode, Receiving the Love of God, um, or see the link below in the description for that, for that video. But we're just going to hit some highlights from that. So Anne, thank you, has it pulled up on her phone because we're using mine to film. Um, so we're just going to share a couple of these quotes before we continue. So this first quote comes from St. John Paul II. He says, since the very beginning, man has been given to the other by God. Although God created Adam first, he did so with Eve in mind. They were always intended to be together, helpmates like unto each other. So from the very beginning, it's very clear that like, God did not create man and woman to live separately or live on their own. He wasn't creating Eve to be like, okay, go find something to do <laughs> while you're down there. Um, it was always because they were meant to be married. And I think with that, it's like helpful for me in a few conversations that I've had with my roommates um, when like discussing discernment and like marriage versus other vocations and stuff like that. Um, I don't remember the exact quote from in the Bible, but um, there's this whole like scene where um, Jesus, or not Jesus, sorry, God is bringing the animals to Adam and he's naming the animals mm -hmm. and he's like going through all of them and he's like, but where's mine? Like, I don't, like none of these are, are me, are like mine. Um, and so like even in that perfect time before sin, when it was Jesus, or not, sorry, I can't say Jesus. <laughs> Jesus uh, came later. I promise that I know theology. Uh, <laughs> it was God and Adam. There was, like, that perfect union. Like, we don't need anyone other than God, but God still, like, allowed for that longing and created that longing in Adam Yeah. Um, for, for a helpmate and, like, for that community. Absolutely. Yeah. Man wasn't, what, what is it? Like, it is not good for man to be alone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So... God himself slash the Bible have said that. But then, yeah, St. John Paul II talks about it at length as well. And then specifically for woman, he says, woman is given to man so that he can understand himself. Like, kind of like Anne was just saying. Like, Adam knew that animals weren't like him. Woman was like him so that he could understand himself better. And reciprocally, man is given to woman for the same end. They are to mutually affirm each other's humanity. It is such a tragedy in our world that people are starting to identify as other things um, other than man, woman, like, especially as animals, because it's like, this is, this is so much less than the dignity you've been created with. Like, you were created man, you were created woman, and looking at the opposite gender shows you more so who you are meant to be. Mm -hmm. So as women, we want to talk about what that means. So John Paul II continues. He reflects on how womanhood specifically denotes the future of man. First, God makes man aware of gift and givenness in general. 
in creating woman, for in bringing her to man, God opened man's heart. The other day when Ann and I were talking about this, um, we were talking about how literally Adam like has this amazing line in scripture that makes it sound that makes it sound like a play or something. Mm-hmm. But like Adam said, which is recorded in scripture, like at last, like when he saw Eve, he was like bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, like this like breath of relief, like the sigh of relief, like finally, like I've been waiting for the one, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like his heart was opened in that moment when he saw her. And JB2 describes what he means, um, excuse me, so he continues by saying, womanhood also indicates motherhood, which is the first form of entrustment of one man to another. And by entrustment, he means to entrust means that God believes in you, trusts that you are capable of receiving the gift that you are capable of embracing it with your heart, that you have the capacity to respond to it with a gift of yourself. And then he concludes, in this way, in creating man as man and woman, God imprints on humanity the mystery of that communion, which is the essence of his interior life. So God's interior life. Man is drawn up into the mystery of God by the fact that his freedom is subjected to the law of love, and love creates interpersonal communion. Much like how a man and a woman, like within marriage, their love has the ability to like bring forth children. Like how the communion of the Trinity is like the Father and the Son, and the love between them is the pro- like the product of the Holy Spirit. Like. We share in the life of the Trinity, you guys. Like, animals don't do that in the same way. Like, it is a gift and a blessing to be human and therefore be created in the image and likeness of God. Um, two more things on this point that we felt like it was very important to note. Um, specifically, since we're talking about male and female Although every individual, regardless of his state in life, is called to this communion, marriage is the way in which the mystery of God, the Trinity, love itself, as we've said, is most fully realized on earth. So even though Anne was mentioning like other vocations earlier, like religious life is a higher calling and a good calling, marriage is actually the most perfect realization of the love of the trinity on earth which is amazing and shows like what a holy and necessary vocation it is Mm -hmm. and then the last thing that we wanted to mention on this point is from christopher west and he says to love and be loved as god loves this is the deepest desire of the human heart God put it there when he made us in his image. Nothing else can satisfy. Nothing else will fulfill. Thank you. Just last night, um, I was talking to a friend who is currently dating someone. um, 
and yeah, just honestly, and like sharing with her because she's a good friend, um, we, we were at a wedding, and just like sharing with her, like, it is hard to be single. Like, when you would rather be in a relationship, um, and was just sharing that with her because I hadn't seen her in a while, and she was asking how I was doing, and I was just being honest about that. Um, and she just like made the really good point. She was like, Morgan, like, I want to enter into that, like, I've been there before, so I understand how difficult it is. I just also really want to speak to the fact that your life, though, does have value. Like, not because I said these things, and she knew that, but just because she felt called to say these things. She was like, your life still has value, still has worth while you're waiting. Like, you're not just called to love your future spouse and children and family in the future. Like, you're called to love whoever is in front of you. So even though we just had all those amazing reflections about marriage, about love, and that it is a good desire and that the Lord has given us that desire, while we're waiting for that desire to be fulfilled, we're called to love whoever he places in our lives. Um, Whether that's Anne today, right before me, whether that's anyone watching these videos or responding to them, um, or even your own friends, and family or coworkers, like who is it today? That's always worth considering. And it was just very consoling last night because it's affirming that you're being used and that you're growing in love um, even now. Like the other night, the pre- a priest told me, um, while you while you're waiting for marriage, like the Lord prepares you. Like he he's not picking on you. He's preparing you during this season of singleness because he wants you to be more humble or trust him more, be more patient. All of these things are only going to help you, again, since we're talking about women in this video, um, be a better wife, Mm -hmm. be a better mother. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of good to be done now in singleness um, as... I've been discerning, like, what God is asking of me through college and, I mean, yeah, through college and, like, through now. There was a a blog that I read once written by Bobby Angel um, where he talked about how there's good to be done in the moment and, like, sometimes God is calling you. I mean, not sometimes. God is calling you (laughs) to the moment that you're in now. Um, And he used the example of, like, maybe God's calling you to be a freshman in college. Maybe God is calling you to be a first-year seminarian, and that doesn't mean that you're going to become a priest, but that means that that's where he needs you right this moment, because there is good to be done there. Um, And I've really seen that in my own life, especially since graduating college, because I'm now doing grad school, and I have, like, reflected on, like, the the want or the desire for a, um, a boyfriend and, like, eventually marriage, but I know that if I had found that in college, I would very likely not be doing grad school, um, because, like, that's my desire. My desire is to be a wife and mother, mm-hmm. and I think that I would have put other desires that I have to the back burner to let that desire be, um, and I think God knows that <laughs> about me because he knows me well, and, um, is like inviting me to wait on that desire so that I can fulfill other desires. And I really see the good that he's doing through, through grad school and the studies that I'm doing and the 
some of the research and stuff that I'm doing because um, it's like making known other desires in my life to like love people well Absolutely. in other ways than just marriage. Yeah, which is not, again, to say that, oh, if you end up getting married in college or right out of college or if you don't even go to college, like, we're not saying that our stories are the story. Absolutely not. Everyone's life is different. So there are some people who we know that are our age or younger who are mm -hmm. already married and already having kids and they discern these things together, but it's absolutely essential to know that the Lord has you exactly where he wants you and he can, yes, like see all these desires in your heart and knows just when they should be most fully realized and when, yeah, in what order they should be realized for each mm -hmm. person, which is so good, which is why he's such a good father and such a trustworthy father. We can trust him. But it's so hard. So hard. It's so, <laughs> it's so hard, especially when it's like, oh, and then we have a girls' night, and we're, like, we're going to watch a rom-com, and it's, like, very tempting to just look at each other and be like, oh, that'd be so nice. Or, again, this video is more geared toward the women, so can I get an amen from the ladies? <laughs> like, it's just true. Like, we have... Especially as women, um, we didn't necessarily quote this from JP2 or Christopher West, but I know that I've heard it said before. Women are especially relational mm -hmm. beings. I don't remember who said this, but I thought it was so fascinating. And I, yeah, we're going to try this analogy. It was that, like, when guys tend to hang out, like, with their guy friends, it's, like, side by side or something. So, like, that's why they sometimes will really enjoy playing video games or sports with each other because it's more of a like side I'm like by your side we're both focused on this other thing but there's community there it's not so much like sharing life whereas women it's like oh what are we gonna do to hang out let's go get coffee yeah. and I'm gonna face you and I'm gonna like talk to you and we're gonna like share our hearts with each other like that's just more so mm -hmm. women so it's like we tend to desire these relationships like I should, I'm not going to say more strongly than men, um, but it might just be easier, like, as women to, like, look out at other women and, like, relate to them in that way, whereas I'm just going to go out on a limb and say guys probably aren't, like, having a slumber party and talking about girls until two in the morning. I'm just saying. They might. Maybe. They might. It might come up in, like, passing. This could be interesting <laughs> to ask, like... Got like a guy in a yeah. future episode, but women definitely tend to be more relational. But it's like we said, like what we're created for. Um, so we're going to talk about that a little bit more now. Um, the other day, when Ann and I were starting to talk about this episode, this thought came to me that I just really want to share um, about how, like, when God created Eve. God placed her in the garden, but he didn't just drop her in. It wasn't like the Hunger Games where he just throws her into this arena kind of thing and is like, go find him. Not that that's what the movie's about, but that's a side plot. Um, <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> team Gale, Team Peta. Tell us in the comments. Um, it's not like God just dropped Eve on Earth and was like, you're good to go. There's this guy named Adam. Good luck. Um, <laughs> that would be really helpful. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Uh, hey, Anne, here's his name. His name's Adam. 
It's like, okay, well, at least that eliminates every other <laughs> every other guy on Catholic Match. Um, <laughs> anyway. Too soon. Um, anyway. But, like, the Lord... <laughs> thank you, God, for laughter. The Lord led Eve to Adam. God took her the whole way. He did not want her to get lost. He had the exact person in mind for her, and he led her every step of the way. Maybe he introduced her to the animals along the way. I like, I love reflecting on this. I love reflecting on like what it looked like as God walked Eve to the garden and when Eve only knew God, like before she knew Adam. And like, I just think it's so beautiful to imagine like how they grew in relationship and how, how much she also would have loved God, much like Adam, but like recognized after seeing all these beautiful things, like but there's this desire for, for another and another like me that I can share in relationship with. And just the moment when the Lord like finally like shows her, reveals Adam to her, and Adam says, at last. I just love imagining what Eve would have said in that moment and what she would have done, what her reaction would have been. And so... Reflecting on that in our lives, um, we're going to spend the rest of this video just or episode, if you're listening as a podcast, just kind of unpacking what it looks like as a woman to be led to marriage and like in that se- that season of singleness, um, as we already talked about a little bit. But it's important as a woman um, to know your worth and to also... Let a man pursue you, not to be the sole pursuer, but to also do your part. Mm. A good way to think about this, um, again, Anne, when we were in college, actually sent me this other blog. It wasn't the one she was mentioning earlier. It was actually about how this character in one of Jane Austen's really popular stories, Pride and Prejudice, how Jane Bennett um, is this character who... This guy is very clearly smitten with her, but she tends to be extremely, um, not secretive, but she is just, like, a very shy, modest person and doesn't even, like, really tell her sisters how she really feels about things. And so this guy is kind of left wondering, like, does she like me? Does she not? Now, granted... It'd be nice if he could have just stepped up and been like, I'm interested in you. Um, what are you doing the rest of your life? Um, or tomorrow for coffee. Yeah, or tomorrow. <laughs> Ask her out. Ask her out, Bingley. Um, but he does. He does take some steps. I've, what happens at the one point? He, he has, like, his sister invite her over for tea, and they all hang out or mm-hmm. something. So it's like... He's making moves, but apparently, like, when they're hanging... They would never say it like this. I think it's kind of funny to be like, well, they were hanging out. Um, well, they were having their afternoon tea. Yeah, well, they were sitting there <laughs> sipping their tea. <laughs> um, literal tea at that point still. Um, not Kermit the Frog, metaphorical tea. Um, they were just like... Yeah, they were just spending time together with other people, which is never a bad idea either. Like, double dates can be good. But... Um, like, Jane wasn't really helping him understand, like, how she felt. Mm -hmm. Because he was, like, very obviously, like, 
express interest in her in like certain ways and then she just like wasn't really reciprocating and that's what made it really easy for like his best friend in this story to be like dude she's not into you let's like we need to we need to go because mm -hmm. they weren't from that town he's like let's get out of here um so this article that Anne had sent me was basically like don't be a Jane Bennett in the sense that if you're interested in a guy you like do everything in your power to not let him know that you like him. Um, you don't have to necessarily be the one to ask him out. Like, I did a video this summer with Brother Levin Harden. Um, dating advice from a monk, check it out, it's amazing. Like, he made the really good point, like, in our day and age, absolutely, like, m women can ask men out, like, again, it's just dating. Be like, wanna go get coffee, wanna go get drinks. Um, but, like, in this article, it was basically saying, like, don't hide your feelings. So even if you don't want to start off and be super bold and be like, hey, want to get coffee tomorrow? At least when you're hanging out, seek him out. Like, seek the guy out. Maybe you're at a party. You can go talk to him. Or if he's, like, coming to talk to you a lot... Oh my gosh, talk back. Like, <laughs> talk back. It's okay. If you're at a wedding reception and he asks you to dance, do dance it. Dance with him. <laughs> also, guys, ask girls <laughs> to dance. Sorry, anyway. <laughs> and it's okay if you're the girl and you want to ask him to dance. Yeah. It's okay to be like, will you come dance with me? And yeah. if he's like, no. If he's a Darcy, then ditch. It's fine. <laughs> but just kidding, Darcy ends up being okay again. But like... <laughs> But it's okay, because that first night, Elizabeth knew her worth and was like, I'm out of here. Yep. And she and Charlotte bounced. Um, but yeah, like, it's okay. Like, it's okay to flirt. It's good to flirt. Not, like, over the top or all the time or to wear every single person you encounter. But to express your interest in yeah. someone. Yeah, but to, like, zone, like, to hone in on that person, it's okay to, like, yeah, show them that you're interested and then... I don't know, maybe like a month or two down the road, like maybe you're still hanging out or maybe you still see them every so often, then it's definitely okay if you're like, do you want to go grab coffee sometime? Like if he hasn't asked you yet, it's okay as a woman and as a Catholic woman to be like, I really like hanging out with you. Like, do you want to go get coffee sometime? And if he's like, yeah, sure. And you go and you have fun. Um, it's okay to like, let him know how you feel or be like, this was super fun. Would you want to go on a date with me at some point? And hopefully at that point he would like take on the role of being like, oh my gosh, yes. Like I'm, I'm interested in you. Like I'd love to take you out. Um, at least after the first couple of dates, I would mm -hmm. say like as a woman, you can initiate a few, but like if he doesn't eventually step up and like, if he doesn't have that at last Adam moment after a couple of dates, yeah. it's like, know your worth and walk away. Yeah. And I think it's better to do that, to ask him to go get coffee a month or two in versus waiting for... Oh my gosh. Six months, good. a year. <laughs> that was me in high school. Um, because yeah. if the guy's not interested and you sit there for a year, when I have sat there for a year... <laughs> I've been there, um, yeah. because he seems interested, but you're not sure, like, clarity just helps a whole lot, and it, if it's going to end in rejection, it hurts less to have the rejection earlier than to yeah. wait, 
Um, Take it from people who've experienced it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, and along with that, so this idea of being l- led by the Lord to the person. In our day and age, we're not just walking around the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. So when we when we say things like, um, like you meet this guy or whatever, um, this that's like how we're trying to fit this scenario into like modern society. Mm-hmm. So what does it look like to be led by the Lord to this person? It might be you meet this guy at a what you meet a guy at a wedding reception. You meet him at a party. Um, you're set up through a mutual friend. But what's so important is that we're inviting you not to so much focus on the guy because Eve didn't know it was Adam and that Adam was coming. Mm -hmm. She was just following God's lead. Mm -hmm. And so I specifically want to encourage you like, what does your relationship look like with the Lord? And are you bringing these desires to prayer? Thanks so much for joining us today on the Joy and Hope podcast, where we seek to bring light to the dark. If you enjoy our mission, we would love for you to become a patron on Patreon. Our patrons are what make it possible for us to continue doing Joy and Hope full-time, bringing you the inspiring creative content that uplifts you to live more joyful, hopeful lives. So please consider supporting us. Thanks so much for being here today. God bless and see you next time.